and welcome to the Pricing Queen podcast. I'm your host, Sally Farrant. I'm here to help you with all things pricing and business numbers, and I help small businesses like yours to grow your business and put your prices up and have the business of your dreams. If you want to follow me on social media, the best place to find me is on Instagram at The Pricing Queen. And now, on with the show. On today's show, I've got Teresa Heath Waring. Teresa is an online business owner, and we talk a lot about the myths about online businesses and that it's harder work than it looks. And I really enjoyed chatting to her. It was a good chat. We could have chatted for hours, and she has just got the most amazing podcast voice. So enjoy. Hello and welcome to the show. Today on the show, I've got Teresa Heathwearing. Teresa, introduce yourself and tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, well, thank you first for having me on the show. It's really nice to be here. Uh, as you have said, I am Teresa Heathwearing and I am a... Oh, it's always hard when you have to do your own intro. I am a... I get you to do it. <laughs> I know. And do you know what? I can't read what we send out as a bio because it sounds so arrogant and like my ego talking. So <laughs> I am have an online business. I help business owners uh, from all around the world create a business and life they dream of, which always sounds a little bit sleazy and a bit weird, which, and it's not until people I think get to used to me and know me that they really then understand what it means. And what it means is a business and life that they want, not what the rest of the world dictates them that they should have. So one that fits with them and their season of life, fits with their family, fits with their partner, fits with how many days they want to work or how much they actually do want to earn. It's not about someone telling you you're successful when you've had a six-figure launch. It's about you deciding what business you want and what you want your life to look like, and then how can we go and get it? So that's what I do, and I do it in a variety of different ways. Uh, I do it through my own podcast. I do it through speaking. I do it through my membership, which is called Your Dream Business Club, and I do it through one-to-one work, uh, which is my 90-day program where I coach people one-to-one. So that's, oh, and I'm an author and I'm a TEDx speaker. I'm there, I'm there, all that stuff. <laughs> keep going, keep going. We'll be here for half an hour. Just so yeah, just the bio. <laughs> it's, but it's so true. I mean, I'm a bit like that. I'm kind of like, you know, we talk about financial freedom or the freedom to have the business you want, but it doesn't have to be a six-figure thing. It just needs no. to be what you, like, I don't, I want more time. What I want yeah. is more time to be off with my kids and all of that sort of thing in some holidays. I don't want it. I don't, it's not yeah. about necessarily six figures seven figures but there's a lot of that chat around in the space and it's just what the payoff is that's what it is like you can have whatever you want but there will be a payoff so if I want to build a seven figure business I will have to work more hours than probably I want to and now I've got the hobby of gardening which i flipping love I am so old now I know I love gardening too oh man my veg I I'm uh, uh, veg is my thing as long as I can eat it I'm happy to grow it um and uh, so yes yeah, so it's like I don't want to work every hour God sends I want to have some freedom so is it really worth that and it's the payoff so you, like I said you can have and go for whatever you want but you've just got to know that other points in your life might not well it's just hard to have it all we think we can but it's quite hard to have it all it is. And I think when you get bigger, the bigger you get, the more sort of staff you've got or freelancers yeah. and people to manage. Yeah. And 
you know, making sure that the essence of what you're offering, particularly if you're a personal brand, which a lot of online businesses are, mm-hmm. it's actually you still, people still get you. Yeah. And yeah. not somebody else in the chain. And that's really important. so important. So important to me in terms of, again, and I've had to really kind of look at my business and myself and go, I think I started off wanting this big, massive machine where I was the one that they wanted to ask for. And, you know, I'm on the big, massive stages. And then I've realized as time's gone on that that was my ego talking. And also I flip in love my members. Like I was thinking of a hate them the other day and like, I can literally, you could probably scroll down a list of names and go, who's that? And I could probably tell you who they are, what they do, and whether they've got kids or, you know, if they do this on a weekend. or And that's what I love. I love getting on the calls with them. I love having conversations with them. So why wouldn't I want to be the one doing it? So in my membership, there's only two things that I don't physically do. One is co-working for, I have three levels. So in Club Plus, they get some co-working, but they get one of my team co-working with them because that doesn't need to be me. I don't need to be sat in the room if they're co-working. The executive club though, they have me co-working. So I co-work with them. Um, The other thing I don't do because I am not the expert is I have a content expert in there and she does a content hour once a month. So other than that, every Q&A, every coaching call, every goal setting thing, every mindset session, it's all me. Because like you said, that's what people pay for. That's what they want. And that's what you create when you create a personal brand. And when you get to the size where you get no access to that person. You don't get to have a conversation with that person. And I know the ethos of them and their businesses run through it, but still it doesn't quite feel right to me. And I, and I think there are some people who do it very well. Like let's take the membership guys. You know, I know I could speak to Callie and she would know a huge percentage of their members and they've got thousands. Um, so I know it can be done and I've, I just need to make sure that I stay and do it that way. Yes, that's it. And I think, you know, it's also making it really clear whether you're getting you or someone else. Yes. So like it might be co-working yeah. sessions, they're clearly someone else, or oh, there's mm-hmm. an expert, you know, I yeah. quite often go to people's memberships, talk about finances and pricing. They're in a, you know, you come in as an expert. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all fine, but it's kind of going actually the core of these things is that people have access to you. Yeah. Because I think that in this online space, you're totally buying mm-hmm. you that's and your so. personality. You're not buying mm-hmm. A company you're, no. you're just not and not that's so coaching. interesting because actually one thing that I think has really come to I don't know the forefront and people are starting to realize it that these personal brands are big companies they employ a lot of people and yet they almost look like they're still the person next door and it's like no there is a machine behind these people and it's a very curated very systemized machine and don't get me wrong you know I've got a team now and I have had for a while but you know there are things that my team do so for instance I have a challenge next week at the point we're recording this and I have created all of the posts I shouldn't be doing that someone in my team should be doing it but I 
can't help but love messing around in Canva. Um, so I created all the posts and I've done all the text for the, the post that's going to go out each day, but I've sent it to Johan, my full-time member of my team and said, can you schedule all of them in the group for me? I don't need to do the scheduling bit. I did the creation bit. I'm turning up on the call. So there is a way and, and why you do want people in the team. But but I think when when you get to a certain size, it is a business. It's a company. It's a, it's a corporate business. Um, and you are just the one face of it. Uh, yeah. And I think it's trying to outsource. I think it is trying to outsource the things that don't need you. Yes. And yes. actually not, you know, there are things that absolutely coaching calls, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Can you do outsource everything else? Like you say, you could even outsource the content creation, mm-hmm. outsource all of that stuff, the bookkeeping, the, you know, all the things. Mm-hmm. And actually you just focus on the thing that you a really like doing. Yeah. And be and that need your face. Has to be you. And you're so right. I remember going to Social Media Marketing World many, many years ago. I've been many times. And Jasmine Starr was doing a talk. And uh, she was just wonderful, as she is. And, and she's been on the podcast. And I really do like her. And she was talking about her DMs, right? Now, bearing in mind, at this point, I don't know how many followers she had. But we're talking like, you know, hundreds of thousands. Like, a lot of followers and she's talking about DMs and she's like, uh, she'd said in the talk that she replies to her DMs. And I know this because I've DM'd her before and she sent me a voice message back. So she is obviously in her DMs. So this woman stands up very arrogantly says, well, I've got, you know, X amount of followers and it wasn't as many as Jasmine's, but Jasmine hadn't said this is how many followers I've got. So this woman obviously didn't do her homework. I've got this many followers and I get a lot of DMs. I was like, oh, you poor woman. And, um, and, you know, can I just not outsource that to a VA or something? And Jasmine's like, no, I outsource something that you don't have to do to someone else, but that people are contacting you. And, and I've always used her as an example because I know people who outsource their engagement on their social media and I am not a big fan and I'm openly not a big fan because I think if I was being very harsh, I think it's a bit rude. It's a bit arrogant I've, because I've tried, I've tried to do it and I've tried twice and it's just, it doesn't work because no. they reply to people that you already know that you, you know, you've already yeah. got relationship with that They wouldn't know that, you know, outside of there, they're work. already a client. There's yeah. all sorts of things. And it just, I keep trying to, cause it's like, it, it's a lot of, it's very time consuming. Yeah, yeah, like, it it's just, that it just doesn't work. And also, you know, the way I think about it, especially personal brand point of view, is someone is engaging with you, like someone is going to the effort to engage with you. They want to engage with you. And when my Instagram is my face and my name, they think they're talking to me. So that's who they're going to get back. And I think that's the you know, for me, it's like, that's where my time's worth spending. Like someone who's reaching out to me personally and talking to me. And again, like, it's funny, you should, we should be having this interview at this point, because I've had a bit of an epiphany these last couple of weeks, that the online world has taught me to be very exclusive. It's taught me to be like, I remember a while back, someone being like, oh, I'm thinking about joining the membership. Can we have a chat? And I was like, no. Right. Literally, I say, for people who don't know who I am, you're going to think, oh, this one's an idiot. Uh, you might think that anyway. Um, but I, and I was like, no, because, you know, I couldn't, and I always use Amy as an example, because she's a friend and she's just easy because she's so flipping humongous in terms of her business. But, you know, you wouldn't imagine thinking, oh, I'm thinking about doing Amy's course. 
can I get on a coffee chat with you, Amy? It's not a cat in house chance you're having a coffee chat with Amy. Like, so this was how how it's taught. You know, from you look at the big people, this is the thing, you become exclusive. You don't have your phone number on your website. You don't have your stuff. The only way they can contact you is this thing. You don't advertise email addresses. You don't do this. You are one to many. You don't speak to people one to one. And I've started to realize that, like, that I don't know what that's doing. Like, it's, it, and again, Interestingly enough, recently, I've had people who, and I've talked about this on the podcast, which I think was the thing that made you reach out. And I've had people who go, oh my God, how did you get Teresa? And it's like, they just asked me, like, I am beyond average, (laughs) like, just ask, who who do people think I am? Like, this is amazing. Thanks so much. But it's nuts. So I've actually been networking right? I have not networked for a very long time. I've had to be doing my like, you know, pitching thing, which I'm rubbish at because I have no idea what I actually do. Um, And I'm so used to someone else reading the bio for me. (laughs) I speak on stages, but it's like, I had this conversation with my lovely friend, Mary Hyatt. And she was like, what if you just tipped everything on its head? What if everything that you have been made to believe about the online world and the way to be successful in the online world, what if you just went, no, nah, I'm not doing that anymore and just tip it on its head? And it's like, who goes into a networking group and talks to other people and then goes, oh, I've got a membership. Like, you know, previously it would have been, would you like me to speak in your networking group? Well, who the hell did I think I was? And I think, and now I look at other people and think, who the hell do you think you are? Like, <laughs> you know, But I just think... I think sometimes it teaches us to, we're looking at the big experts. We're looking at the amazing people who are very successful thinking that's the way we need to be. Well, they're that because they're there now. Like, you know, Amy, I'm sure, well, I know this because I met her for a coffee four-ish years ago and she met me for a coffee. Um after me just messaging her going, will you meet for a coffee? I mean, I did tell her I'd fly five and a half thousand miles. I mean, how can you say no to that? Um, But, you know, she's only now at the level she is because she's at the point she is. So, but I think the problem is there's all these wannabe online business owners who are looking at this going, oh, right, this is the way we have to do it. This is the way that's going to be successful. And actually, I'm now starting to look at it and go, no, like, why do we have to do it that way? And actually, I'm not sure that's done me that many favours. So tip everything on its head and see what happens when I do it the other way. Yeah, and I think it's it's all very tempting to think that it all comes very easily. I think it looks very natural. Like, I, you know, I probably reckon that half my business is kind of online and then the other half of mine is kind of done for you kind of client mm. accounting work and I want to do more of the online stuff but it's really hard work and it doesn't pay dividends today it's going to take months my husband often says to me are you not can you not just do the client work I'm like well I could and I could probably make more money but it's not as yeah. flexible as soon as I'm not working I'm not earning and yeah. I want to more freedom to be able to go I want to turn up on these days at this time and I love teaching Mm -hmm. as well so that's also another another thing that I've discovered but yeah it's like it's not easy you've got to have an audience all the things yeah and I think that's the other thing I think there are many 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 you know work conversations about the online world and and how it looks and what it's like and I think a few years ago and I would say I was in this kind of remit I saw the online world I've had my online business now five-ish years because I had an agency and I did done for you and then I transitioned over and and I 
you know, I saw this online world and I was like, oh my God, this is what I want. This is amazing. And I was, I was a speaker still then, like obviously much smaller. I spoke at Bismans and there was like three people in a play barn. You know what I mean? Like I've done it all. Um, but like, you know, I loved the teaching aspect. So I looked at the online world from that, but I also looked at the online world from, wow, look at the money these people are making. Because again, the first thing I do, do the math see they've had x amount of people join the thing how much is that obviously what they're not telling you is how much they've spent in ads or how much their team's costing and all that jazz but so i looked in the online world and i was like yeah i totally want that that is amazing and i think for the first few years i think i thought oh in a minute i'm gonna earn seven figures oh in a minute i'm gonna have like fifty thousand members in my thing and it didn't come and it still hasn't come and i'm still doing it and i absolutely love it but I walk this very fine line of being very encouraging and supporting and coaching people who want online businesses while also being realistic about it and being honest about the size of my membership, being honest about what it takes and the size of my audience and, and things like that. And that actually it's, it's nowhere near as easy as people think. I think the one myth and the one dream that people talk about is that, you know, you can earn money while you sleep and that you can work from the beach because it's amazing and and that's it. And yeah, there is a residual income. And I, you know, I use the example, which is, you know, a pretty gruesome example. But when my mum died, I stepped out of the business for two weeks, not very long, granted, but two weeks. And they, my members, because they know me very well and I know them very well, they knew my mum had passed away. And I literally did one coaching call within that two weeks and they didn't see me again. And they were great and they were fine. And I was able to take a bit of time. That's why I have an online business because I could take two weeks out by a two hour coaching call and it didn't affect my income, which was amazing. Um, I have tried to work on the beach. It's pointless. You can't see the screen and you get sand in your keys. So don't bother. But, <laughs> but you know, that whole, you can, it's all your thing. It's not true. I'm on coaching calls all the time. Straight after this, I've got executive club co-working, you know, then I've got a live to do later on at six. Then I've got uh, something else I'm doing tomorrow. Like when you're the face of your business, there's no getting out of doing what you do. So you've got to love it. Like, I've coached many people, many people in this industry, and I've had people who are like, God, how do you do this? I hate answering the stupid questions. And it's like, oh, oh, okay. You might want to think of another way to make money then because that's what you're there to do or, you know, that's what your members need from you. So I've said before, you know, if I didn't love it so much, I'd have given it up. I'd have said I'm not doing this anymore. But I genuinely adore my members and adore what I do with them. But I don't work from the beach. I don't work the hours when I want to work. I mean, I choose when things go in my diary, but also I'm picking times that will suit them and help them. Um, but every single week I have a number of things where I'm on screen with them that I have to do. Um, so I, you know, I have taken them on holiday once and done a call from uh, a holiday resort, but it doesn't happen. And my members are very, very kind to me. They are a beautiful group of human beings and therefore they're fine. I wouldn't necessarily do that if I didn't know them so well. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's kind of going, actually, it's not like one of the reasons I don't have a membership is because I don't want to have to be on all the time. I want yeah. to be able to say well, I'm off for two months in the summer if that's what I want yeah. to do. And you and literally couldn't. You just couldn't do that. No. You, it's just impossible. You could. Sh you, you might be able to shut down for August if most yeah. of your members are mums, but 
generally it's pretty difficult. And I'm like, I don't want to be on all the time and I don't want to give it to someone else to manage. That's not what I'm there for. No. And most of my members, I would say probably a good 80% of my members are female and a huge chunk of them are mums. And you're right, come August, they are going to be preoccupied. I'm a mum. I have a 12-year-old. I have a stepson. He pretty much looks after himself now. He's 19. But, you know, so throughout August, is I've got to juggle that. But then obviously I've got members who aren't mums who I can't just disappear for. So we do everything we do throughout August. December, we do less because I think that's a given that by mid-December, no one wants to do anything. Yeah, so that's a short month for everybody, isn't yeah. it? It's kind of so, just mid-December. And actually, that's probably the only time I properly turn off is when I know no one's wanting or expecting anything because they're doing the same. But otherwise, like you said, a membership in particular, you have got to be on unless you want to grow it to the point. And again, it comes down to you and how you want to work. But I don't, you know, I want to be the face of it. Well, I am the face, but I want to be the person in there. So for me, it's got to be me. Um, I know other memberships run. I've just joined one, actually, a new one uh, to do with networking. And the woman whose membership it is has done some calls, but we have a um, like a networky call on a Tuesday and a woman does it called Jen. And that's fine because, you know, it, it doesn't need to be the, the woman. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I've been on memberships where I have literally never seen the owner. Never, not once, not on a live, not on a call, not on anything. And that's not okay with me. Whereas you could have a very successful online business doing courses and you could take two months off easily. And I think a lot of it's deciding what you want from your business. Mm. You know, what is it that you actually want and how hard do you want to work? Yeah. And, you know, the, I think the one to many models say it seems like such an easy thing, but building an oh. audience is incredibly hard work. It's, I have been doing it for a couple of years. And it's, uh, it's hard work. So difficult. So, so difficult. Unless you want to throw a lot of money at it organically it takes time and one of the reasons I am so obsessed with list building and talk about list building and have a course about list building is for that very reason because again I have seen far too many people try and do something and they've not been successful and it's not because the thing was rubbish it's not because they were terrible it's because they didn't have a list and in the same breath and it's funny because I never use this as a testimonial and and you know my web guy who does my branding and stuff he's like why you don't exploit this, I don't know. But I've worked with two different people to launch their memberships. The first person I worked with, which was the very first person I coached on memberships, they got something like 180 within their first few days of opening. The next set of people I worked with got 300 members, right? And and I did the launch with both of them. And I walked them through the launch and I showed them what to do and I coached them through it. And my web guy's like, why are we not screaming this from the rooftops? I'm like, because it wasn't just because of me. Yes, I had an impact on how they showed up, what they did, how many emails they sent, what they put on their sales page, what, you know, yeah, I talked them through all that. But actually the, the key thing for both these people, they had an audience. 
both of these people who I work with, the first one had been in his world a very long time. He was the expert in his world um, and the one go-to person. It was very niche. And the next ones had built a humongous Facebook group and had got really well known there. So it's like they had an audience. So it wasn't just down to me. And I think this is the other thing about sometimes in the online world, we make out, I say we, I am not included in this, um, that the one course or your membership or the thing means you're going to be successful. We make absolutely outlandish, crazy testimonies. And like I said, I could put a testimonial up that says, want to launch a membership with 300 members? I've done that. Like I could totally do that because I did. But it would morally be... Tiny half the story. (laughs) Exactly. And that's the problem. They only ever tell half the story. We were uh, the same guy, actually, because we talk with it a lot. He... um, He's a friend and a member of the team, but he was watching a webinar and he's like, oh my God, I just watched this webinar. And they gave this thing, this guy uh, launched a course. He hadn't, he'd only got 120 people on his email list and he made $30,000. And I'm like, yeah, but what else didn't they tell you? Did he have a podcast? Did he have a Facebook group? Did he have like a million other things that could have helped to him sell that. I said, they're not telling you all the details and that's the problem. Like, like I said, half a story. So, you know, yeah, come and do my one-to-one program and work with me and I can help you launch a membership. Can I guarantee you'll get 300 people? No, not in a million years. Would I? No way. So it's just, I think sometimes... And it's, and it's not typical either. No. I mean, those sorts of things are also not probably what you're... Like if you took an average of all of, oh. of, all of your clients that you've yeah. ever worked with, yeah. that would be on the top end. It was, yeah, 100%. And I've got other people who've gone to my 90-day program and what they've managed to achieve is not falling apart. And that's great. And that's a great success. And I am very happy with it. And so are they. But, you know, that's not the testimonial that's going to like get people going, oh my God, I need to join that. But this is the thing. I think, I think the online world is an amazing space. It's an amazing place. It's an amazing opportunity to, like I said, if you love teaching, then it's just beautiful. Because also one thing I love is I used to work with obviously bigger companies when I had the agency and you will too, when it's a done for you, you work with people who can afford the done for you and the people who do my memberships things and my trainings, they aren't the people who necessarily can afford a done for you because if they could, they would be doing it. Um, But what's even nicer is, you know, if I went into a to a company I used to work for and said, oh, you could do this and do this, A, they might take flipping months to make the decision and B, they'd be like, yeah, and that'd be it. Whereas, you know, I have, we have a joke in my membership that like, if you don't cry on a call, there's something wrong. Because uh, I have people coming on calls. It's like, I, make, I don't make them cry, I promise. Um, but I have people coming on my calls who, you know, will talk about having the worst time or have the worst week and whatever. And they come on and we talk it through and they come off laughing and they feel so much better. And it's like, great. That's amazing. That's what I want. Like, you know, so for me, it's about understanding what, what it is you're delivering that you've got to love the thing you're delivering and to be realistic and to to appreciate those small numbers like like I said you know in my membership currently as we stand today I think are about it's a small membership I have about 80 90 people in there it's not a big membership um, and it certainly does not bring me in the money that I would need to live I could could not live off my membership money by any stretch of the imagination um, and I have three levels of the membership so some are, some are on a higher level um, but you know 
I rock up every day. I love what I do with them. And therefore I don't mind keeping going, but it's about being really realistic about that. It's about going, yeah, it's great. But if you think you're going to open something tomorrow and get 5,000 people buy in, you might. And I pray to God that you do. That'd be amazing. And if you do, could you please come tell me how you did it? Um, (laughs) But, you know, it's great. I love what I do, but I just think there's a space to be a little bit more honest about the expectations of this space. Well, the trouble is it's become a very crowded space and it is an unregulated space as well, which means that people can make as oh. whatever claims they like, you know. Completely. And actually there's nothing to stop that or kind of do anything. So it's quite and I do think it's quite a you know, it's quite an interesting how why you decide to work with people and actually you're looking at people's testimonials. Well, they're gonna give you their best result they've ever had because that's what you're going to do Teresa's all right average you know what I mean you're not going to put that one up (laughs) but this is why for me it's so important to have things like podcasts to do I do a live on a Thursday called G&T with T because I love a gin and tonic and I I'm known to know a few. So uh, every Thursday except for today we're recording on Thursday tonight it's going to be just tea because I am being a good aunt and uh, my nephews like my car and I'm driving them to their prom. Uh, so having a GMT in a car would be very irresponsible. Um, but, you know, so I try and do things like that to show people exactly who I am. I'm really honest. Authentic marketing is a buzzword that is used way too much but it's like if you want to see authentic marketing come to me because that's what you get I did a hilarious email sadly I've got to tell you about this email the other day I'm so proud of myself it's so stupid I'm so embarrassed but I was doing some emails I'm about to go into this challenge I'm about to promote a course I've got called build my list it's a very good course obviously I think so Um, (laughs) and I do some live elements with people because I know that people are a bit rubbish me included to buy a course and do it on your own so anyway, I'm putting together these emails and I'm trying to write these sales emails and I hate sales emails and I hate writing them. I'm not a big selling person, which is not ideal when you have an online business, hence why I <laughs> probably only have the members I have. Um, but the so I'm putting together these sales emails and I think, I know, I'll go and have a look at some other emails I've been sent because obviously I sign up to everything to look at what's what and you know I'll opt into an opt-in easy. So I go and find a load of emails that are trying to sell me stuff. And literally you have to make the most outlandish claims of the course. And then you have to make the most ridiculous testimonials. And so I wrote in it. So if I was doing it, like they've said, I'd be writing to you now, if you do this course, you're going to find an easier way to sell because selling is easier on emails Um, and because of that you're finally going to make the money you want to make and because of that you're going to buy that beach house and then you're going to get a chef who cooks amazing healthy food so that you'll lose those few pounds you've been trying to lose for ages and suddenly your life will be amazing you'll feel happier all because you bought my course like that's how ridiculous it can be sometimes but that's what I write in my emails and I'm like what will actually happen if you buy the course when you buy the course you have everything you need set up an email um, system do your lead magnets all the tech it's all covered you'll have a new way to communicate with your audience which is a pretty cool way done that's the reality of it like can't offer the it's not very sexy is it it's not sexy it's not and this is the problem it's a bit like it's me not- with numbers it's like it's just not sexy but you need to know you just exactly. need to know <laughs> and the problem is this stuff you know we're so used to be sold to like this we're looking for the sexy and it's like i and think we fix. need to to educate our audience as well as educate ourselves that it's like 
yeah, I, you know, it's a cool course and you're going to create a list. And I've had some lovely testimonials of people who got a hundred people in the first week. Amazing. Is it typical? Mm, maybe, maybe not. It's hard to say. Depends again on your audience. So sometimes I think I do myself out of business for being too honest, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'm happy to play the long game. Very happy to play the long game. Love well, and I think an online business is a long game too. You know, getting an audience is a long game. It is not something, I mean, you can buy it, you can buy it through ads, but actually mostly getting good quality leads mm. is a really long game and it's hard. It is. I think the only way you can fast track this, uh, which I have not been so lucky to do, but I know other people who have, is if you know someone very well who has a huge audience and they love them, like it's got to be a trusted person and a trusted audience. But then again, you can't do that too often either. So, you know, I know some people who, you know, they do an affiliate for someone you think, oh yeah, that could be interesting because I love them. That's great. And then they're literally doing an affiliate for everyone and my nan. Like, and then you get a bit like, not anymore. So I think even the ones who've built humongous audiences, you know, in terms of partnering up with them would be amazing. But like I said, I feel like that has a bit of a, a life expectancy. You can't do that too much. So I think, you know, that would be lovely if you could find someone who's ahead of you and bigger than you and has the same audience as you and you can team up with them or you know you do it with lots of people who have smaller audiences because you're still getting in front of them and again thinking about those small numbers you know we always worry that like we've got to have hundreds of people on a webinar or thousands of people sign up to this thing or that thing no love the small numbers they'll become your biggest advocate my member my mem- my very first ever member is still a member in my membership now she's an executive club so she's in the higher level and she is my biggest fan like she will rave about me she will tell the world how amazing i am because when she joined and there was only 20 people like I loved her and I loved all of them and I spent time with them all and I didn't go, oh, this is ridiculous. I've only got 20 people. What am I doing this for? Um, And that's, I think, one of the ways you've got to think about it because like as nice as it would be. You never know where it's going to lead either. I've done all sorts of very small things where you think, oh, is is this really worth it? But it's an hour of my time and that's fine. And then it leads to all sorts of other things. And you're like, oh, I never anticipated that. Yeah, who knew that? Like (laughs) totally. And I think, like I said, this is where you know, the online world making out like, you know, you shouldn't do this. Don't, you know, and I've heard experts don't waste your time speaking for small things. People have told me, what do you speak for? It's pointless. It makes you no money. And I'm like, yeah, I might not get paid for it, which again is another big myth that lots of people, lots of people talk about become a paid speaker. Like I have spoken for some huge places. Have they paid me? No, they haven't. Because you're getting in front of their audience. Exactly. The deal is that you, uh, the main thing is to make sure with the speaking gig that it's, an audience that you can't, that it's difficult for you to get in front of, but would add to your list as well as, as well as theirs. And again, I love it. And I think that's the thing. If you love it, then I'm not going to mind. And again, you know, this is what makes me laugh because people won't invite me to come and do things. It's like, please invite me. I have no problem that you've got 10 people in your group and you want me to do a talk to them. I don't care. If I'm free and I can get to hang out and talk because that's my favourite thing to do and talk about subjects I know really well, which is also my second favourite thing to do, like 
you know, if we can talk about gin as well, we've got onto an absolute winner, all three, right. bang, bang, bang. Um, but like, yeah, I'd love to. And I think, and like I said, I think what's happened is it's, you know, if you're online, you have to be at arm's length. People can't get hold of you. People can't talk to you, you know. And again, when I think about going to like these big conferences, the first time I went to social media marketing world, I felt like these people were celebrities. They've acted like they were celebrities. It's like, you're just someone who talks about something and people happen to listen. Like, you know, I just think we all need to have a reality check. And like, and also those businesses that are huge are nothing compared to Apple or Marks and Spencer's or like, they're still really tiny businesses. So, you know, we put these people on a pedestal. I just think, yeah, it's, it sounds like I'm being very negative. I'm not, I love my online business. I adore it. The fact that I can go and take my nephews to their prom because I can decide whether I'm free or not is ace. The fact that I can do things with my daughter during summer holidays is brilliant. Um, but the fact that I love showing up the way I have to show up for my membership, I couldn't, I couldn't do it if that wasn't the case, because it would be way too much hard work. Yeah, and then you might as well go and consult somewhere. This exactly. has been this has been brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you and um, your podcast and all that sort of stuff? Thank you, Sally. It's been good fun. Sorry, I just talk. I just talk, talk, oh, talk. Brilliant. Sally's just we, we could we could talk all afternoon. Looking at me, like. <laughs> <laughs> can't get a word in edgeways um so if you search Teresa Heathwaring you'll find me everywhere uh you can go to TeresaHeathwaring.com and uh you can check out the podcast which is your dream business uh podcast we are on episode 250 something I think I can't even remember um so yeah you can go check out that but come and say hi come and DM me on Instagram I'll send you a voice message back I always do uh I'd love to say hi and see what you thought of the episode Well, that's great. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I really enjoyed talking to Teresa. She's very honest about the online business world and about her place in it, I think, and uh, to be realistic about what you can get done and how you can grow your online business because it's tough going sometimes. So I'll see you next week. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. If you did, please do like, subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts and do share this episode on social media. The best place to find me is on Instagram at Pricing Queen. And I hope you enjoyed the episode and I will see you next week. Take care.